It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier when you're in a gi, and it's a comedian that hosts a live television show, and Chris Gethard is great, but wow. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm confused by what I just saw with this whole Chris Gethard thing. Me too. I, okay. But that's kind of the goal of the show, isn't it? The live TV is to kind of, every time you watch, it, you're like, I'm confused by this. And there was a secret word every time it was said. He had to fight Eddie Wolverine Cummings or Gary the Lion Killer Tonin. And but you're not mentioning the most confusing aspect of it. Like that, I get. Kev, as geese. somebody who works, yes, as somebody who works in the it late is. night arena. Yeah. I get this. I know what this is. This is a subversive talk show. The whole point of subversive talk shows is to continue the pattern set out by Ernie Kovacs and David Letterman, who set forth having the kind of out there podcasts or out there television shows, if you would. <laughs> a long time ago podcast called television. When they made those shows, though, the idea was always to like do something weird and wacky. And it fits into that mold. So Chris creates a very strange show where people come on. What was strange, though, actually strange, was seeing Gary and Eddie in a gi. And I said to myself, what were the producers thinking here? Are they familiar with these guys? Why is there a whole thing with them in the gi? Why does Chris Gethard have a blue belt? Because real talk here, that would make him and me blue belts. And I'm a little weirded out by that because I'm trying to hold that down in the talk show circuit. I really I enjoyed Victoria's perspective. She goes, which is, he, is he moving like a blue belt? Like she had a lot of <laughs> doubt in her voice. It was like, it does not appear as though he is. No, I, I would not, I would not say that is blue belt movement. Definitely was not blue belt movement, but let's be very clear. Uh, black belt gi movement. <laughs> You know, um, it wasn't bad. Gary is very much a, a, a black belt. But seeing him, like, go full New Jersey trash on Gethard. When he pulled it over his head. Yeah. Pulling it over his head. I said, Gary, we're not hockey here. You don't know the first thing to do with a gi. How dare you, sir? Raph, you, mm. of course, busy as usual. Mm-hmm. Head over to CXF. Um, do you think I do have this question for you before we transition to CXF? And sure. We're always interested in the live coverage. We're going to talk to the big MF for about UFC 217. It was insane. Okay. You were at CXF and I presume Gary Tonin and Eddie were okay with the recording of them on the Chris Gethard show. Unlike a teammate yes. of theirs who dispatched himself from a seminar oh. due to what he perceived as an excessive amount of recordings. Yeah, this was weird. Um, how do I explain this? Okay, here's what happened, people. So I see this post go up late at night. And it says, Gordon Ryan walks out of a seminar. Now, uh, people had uh, varying opinions on if he actually walked out or not. But here's the description of what happened. He was in the middle of doing a seminar Somebody was photographing and, I guess, filming, even though at the very beginning of a seminar, he said, please don't do that. So we're already kind of understanding there's an agreement here that you probably shouldn't do that. So Gordon 
he continues and actually does the full seminar, right? What he doesn't do is he doesn't stay around to roll with everybody, so he walks out there. So I guess it really depends on your definition of walk out and exactly at which time. Did he walk out like mid-seminar in terms of like not finishing the teaching portion? No. Did he walk out of rolling with people? Yes. So when I read that, I was like, oh, okay. Next thing you know, I wake up in the morning. And now, you know, this is after we posted Gordon's response video. Everybody's had a chance to talk. Everybody is on Jordan's jock, though. And being like, well, you know, he he has a point. And it's true. If he says don't record, that's kind of a thing. But I just love how the idea that the minute that there was a moment where it's like, he didn't walk out of it. I want to correct you guys. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Jesus. I think Calm Gordon down. is going to do just fine. Uh, and more importantly, like, there was a lot of hilariousness that happened. Apparently on the Jiu-Jitsu Times message board, people, I think a white belt, might have been challenging Gordon to a fight. And said that Gary's school is a failure. Now, I actually laughed profusely at this. Uh, It made me laugh so hard, Kev, that Gary actually did something that made me laugh. Gary never makes me laugh. But he responded in kind to one of the people. And this guy's name is Edward Allen Spony Barger II. And... (laughs) He kept saying, normally I don't read people's names, but this was the best trolling name I've seen in some time. He said, I'll destroy all of you. Like, he's challenging Tom DeBlass. He's challenging Gary Tonin. It's great. Tom DeBlass is definitely putting the favorite thing that we love to see them do, which is, yes, come train with us. Totally. It'll be fun. But Gary's response to the fact that Gary's school's failing, and that's why these guys have to do these kind of antics, is Gary's response to this guy says, absolutely not, Lord Edward Allen Spony Barger II. <laughs> I fear for my life and the lives of my students. If your majesty comes to my gym, I will kneel before you and hand the keys to my disheveled empire. Hashtag all hail King Spony Barger. <laughs> So, ladies and gents, that's that's a, a legit funny thing that Gary did. Uh, I don't know what to tell you guys other than this. I'm glad that Gordon did the seminar all the way through. I think that's good. Apparently, there was some disruption on if kids should be there or not, which I guess is a different issue. Some people saying, are you familiar with Gordon? Does he already seem like a role model? Other people saying he was kind of a dick to their kids and like did a thumbs down to them doing their technique. But to be fair, what if it was bad? Did you? Does he have to give a thumbs up? That feels pretty participatory. I don't, I don't know. It's handing about. out, you know, those kind of participation awards, millennials. We're not in on awards. that hippie business. Not on this podcast, no, <laughs> sorry. So anyway, that was the talk of the town last week. Everybody had an opinion. Not many people were there, but I can tell you one thing: if you want to open up a different discussion on the fact that should people be allowed to film things. That's a completely relevant discussion. And I will say this. I think uh, Emil Fisher was saying that he records himself doing the technique, which is something that I actually do as well. Because I figure if I can't record them, I should record myself. And I think Emil was saying that he's even had the person leading the seminar hold the video for him or take video of him to kind of point out where he's doing the technique wrong. I think that's great. If that's a way of getting around it. 
that's awesome. But not everybody's that kind. So Gordon I don't know, doesn't man. do. Sorry to yell that. Gordon doesn't do the technique wrong. That would be his response. Yeah, no, that's no, I guess. get that. I just I, I feel like if Emil was doing it, it'd be wrong for a long time before we got Forever. to the right part. And I guess making the instructor or the seminar head the person that you're making hold your video is a little bit like hold my video. Hold my jacket, please. So anyway, uh, that's a different discussion for a different day, I think. But for now, we can just say this. Uh, the guy who was apparently at the gym, he gave his side of the story. He said he wasn't taking photos. All of his gym is connected to his phone. And he had a point where he puts his phone kind of near where his belt line is on his stomach and uses that to prop it up. And he wasn't illegally filming. I don't know, dude. I, I think it's kind of weird all around. I don't know. <laughs> but you were at CXF. This jujitsu yeah. gossip reaside. What a slow time that that's what we have to talk about, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's, I like the idea of it, but that's a. That's not some gossip, and you ain't heard that from me. But no, that, that's just what <laughs> fucking happened. I'm reading you the statements on both sides. I'm letting you guys draw your own conclusions. Yeah. And the nut huggers who loved Gordon are going to love him now still. So no big deal. Everybody's fine. Um, all right, CXF. Can I tell you something, Kev? Yes. I almost didn't want to go to this. Do you have any reason why I wouldn't want to go to a CXF on November 4th? It's too violent and you're squeamish? No, no, no. I'm, I'm usually okay. It's UFC, combat jiu-jitsu is the one that I usually go. Ooh. UFC 217? Yeah, so they decided to put it on the same day as UFC 217. And at first I said, eh, maybe I won't go to this one. And I'm good at scheduling, so I knew that Like the minute they announced it, I go, ooh, GSP and Bisping. I kind of want to see that one. But the local fighters here deserve to have coverage, Kevin. And I am willing to give them that coverage. <laughs> so I showed up. But I also ordered the fights on my phone. So I was very popular. People basically just kept magically sitting next to me. Who knew? Some of them we knew. Some others were basically shooing me away and being like, don't spoil it for me. And I was like, ew. What is this, the 90s? Read a book. I love when people don't spoil it for me. And it's like, well, then close your eyes and fucking walk around. Anyway. So at the very end of this... I will say, Kev, it was an exciting night of fights, not just on the UFC, and we're going to wait to cover that part with big M effort. But if I can be so honest, it's amazing when you know a fighter and there's an amazing fight going on on your phone while you're watching one of your friends beat the shit out of somebody else. Mm -hmm. This happened several times. Our good friend Fritz Cachero from uh, Systems Training Center had a big decision win. He was looking very impressive. Uh, he was fighting, I think, at the same time as Joanna and Rose was were, were fighting, and he was getting it. Our good friend Milton from Tenth Planet, uh, Van Eyes, aggressive, destructive. He was coming in with uh, clinched knees and was just ooh 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 these kicks, all oh, these knees. Ah, <laughs> at the same time, GSP was getting it done in the octagon against Michael Bisping. But I have to say, another highlight of the night had to be. Uh, my pal, Rich Leroy. Now, here's the thing about Rich. Rich was the guy who you may remember several months ago, I said, Kev, at the last CXF show, or one of the last ones, basically looked like he became a zombie in the ring. 
and then came back to life. Uh, he had a phenomenal performance against a very game competitor in the name of Christian Aguilera and uh, from 10th Planet and just a beast of a human being. Uh, knocked him standing up, and it was it was good, man. It was a great night of fights on both my phone and in front of me. Uh, so I led a very blessed uh, Saturday afternoon. And this is after, by the way, I went to my good friend Drew Murillo's tournament out in 10th Planet Marietta and saw some white and blue belts look in, uh, very scary. It was a blue belt tournament where you could heel hook. That was scary, Kevin. Whoa. Yeah. Is everybody yeah. okay? Um, you know, there were a couple of heel hook people that um, I would have preferred if they tapped. Nobody was injured, thank God. But, you know, there was one guy. Uh, I won't say his name because he is a friend of the show. There was one guy who got put in a heel hook, and he had the most serene look on his face of tapping, of just like, I'm in a heel hook. This match is over. <laughs> but he looks so calm about it. Why do I sympathize? Uh, well, I mean, we've yeah. all been there, guys. But I've never looked as calm as he does. Like, <laughs> it was just somebody who literally, <laughs> he resigned to his fate. And he was like, I understand. He like went into a Jedi, uh, I'm about to die pose and just and did that. So anyway, yeah, it was a great day of fights all around, dude. So I was glad to be a part of it for so many different things. And, you know, uh, it was a good day, dude. Can't complain. There you go. Well, CXF, let's talk some UFC 217. This coverage brought to you by North-South Jiu-Jitsu Underwear. You know you want to go to NorthSouthJujitsuUnderwear.com and you want to be a part of the really cool underwear, cool kids club. There isn't another club, Raph. I couldn't name two other clubs. I'm even listening to some Heaven's Gate stuff right now. Not the point of this. <laughs> North South Jujitsu Underwear. Go. Order. Feel snug and secure in your future roles. Just going to stick to the hips. Mm. But right now, let's go talk to the big MFR. Let's go talk to the Matt Freeman. Okay, here's what happened, Verbal Tap fans. I lost a little bit of the file from last week. I was not the place where I could get to my recovery device. That doesn't matter because it's a bonus track on today's podcast. I apologize. Raph's explanation of what happened was better than what happened anyway, as you'll hear today. You stick around past the shout-outs, past the credits for the bonus track with the big MF where we explain the bets. Thank you for understanding. And let's pretend this was kind of cool. Hey everybody. All right. So UFC 217 is in the books, which means we need to recap what exactly happened at this UFC 217. Now, Kev, you yourself, you were driving back from the Kansas, right? I saw, I genuinely flipped it on, and I'm not going to mm. talk about if I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm, we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the kick that I saw, heard around the world. I'm a little upset OP, OSB decided to abandon those of us that are big fans of his Von Flute, but, you know, that's when I clipped in, so I saw a little bit of fights. I okay, saw a good. Amount. Now, you over here, Matt Freeman, who is returning on this yes, week's sir. podcast, you the saw big Raph. Because don't, you, I mean, hey, I'm, listen, I'm listen, guilty. 
about. Listen, I'm going with the the name that is on his birth certificate here. Unless your parents put big MFR, and I don't even know if they would know you would be a big MFR. Actually, legally, I changed my name. If you don't refer to me as big MFR, I will sue you. I don't think you could do that. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. You can sue anybody for any reason that you want to, so I can file a lawsuit against you for not calling me big MFR. Listen here, Prince Symbol Sign. I know the law. You vaguely know the law. I have a friend who's a lawyer, and his name is Juan Bernardo. I was about to say, you know one lawyer in your life. A very smart man. Very smart Mm. man. Juan Mom? Not, yeah, Juan Mom. Black belt and competitive jiu-jitsu extraordinaire. The problem is, he's not smart enough to get paid for Metamoris. So, I don't know how smart he could be. He was so good in that commercial. I think he went to other games. Who would would cross the Gracies, right? So, he is a smart man. He would cross the Gracies and bad things happen to you. I'm not so sure about that. I'm pretty sure at this point, Jiu-Jitsu has crossed the Gracies. Anyway, listen. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say to you. Thank you. (laughs) I want to point this out here. You took on Kevin's picks last week, but you were doing some major stuff uh, behind the scenes. We're going to get to that in a second. But, Kevin, you were driving back, and you weren't watching, right, until you got back to your place. Correct. Okay, I would like to point out what I was doing. I was driving from a tournament in Marietta, and I had the prelims, all of them, on my phone, made it to the CXF fights, had the fights going on while we were watching fights. It was amazing. Because these fights were really good. And I know we say sometimes like fights are pretty good. And I was a little nervous that New York was going to play out like New York last time. Because there was a disqualification that was on bullshit. Uh, and then there was like another thing that was just kind of like weird in the crosshairs of what was happening during the prelims. But for the most part, big quote-unquote upsets and a lot of great fights. Let's start at the top of the card, Kevin. What was your reaction to the return of GSP? <laughs> What a smooth operator. And it doesn't matter what my reaction is. Raph, mm. putting you on mute wow. right away. Not interested in having you as a third part of this. Matt Freeman and I are going to suck the cock of the one, the only, the choking anaconda. That's what we're going to nickname him. <laughs> George's Rush Xavier, staple of the podcast, Gary Tonin reviewed. GSP, how does it feel to be the choking champion? Ole, 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 ole. GSP has stitches in nose. One or two. Was that from the blow you did after? Because it was such a sweet victory? No, it was very bad. Uh, I made a choice to uh, take down Michael Bisping because that was uh, when GSP writes down game plan, he writes down wrestle fuck. Yes, no? So... I wish to try and uh, fuck wrestle uh, the the beast being, but fuck then he pulled me kill? in the guard. Is that the game? Yeah, very much so. Fuck wrestle kill. Uh, I would choose Dana to fuck because he is a gentle lover. I would uh, choose Cody Garbrandt to kill because, uh, <laughs> yeah, did you see his face when uh, he had that thing where he was like, oh, no, I got hit I, both ways. I'm really like, shocked. Yes, yes. I could not hear you because uh, I only hear excellence and uh, piss. <laughs> Crapular, I believe is the phrase. Anyway, GSP knows hurt very bad. I, uh, I get pulled into guard, Kevin Phillips, and it was very difficult. 
I did not expect him to uh, do like the Carlos Conde and hit me in face. It was very bad. You were exquisite. that. Well, Matt, you surely have to appreciate the jiu-jitsu win, yes? That was nice. It was a shock. Um, he held his own off his back, and he landed a lot of significant strikes. It really fucked GSP up off his back. You know who oh. he's training with? You know who ooh, he's who training he with? Very, uh, training with uh, who? Who? The Danaher Death Squad. Oh, yes, yes. He was talking about Bisping, but let's talk about me. Hey, everybody. Celebrate for me because I finish fight. <laughs> I come back to finish fight. Is that not funny? <laughs> it's very funny, especially if you're back. Well, GSP, thanks for Ow. your victory speech. Ow, here it hurts. I don't know why I come back. No. Hey, it's... if you were a good reporter, you know what kind of question you would ask me? No. <laughs> of <laughs> well, course well. you would not because you are not. Uh, so I will ask it to myself. <laughs> hey, GSP. Who do you think is next in line? Oh, wow. Very good question, reporter person who I, I have imagined. Yes. The big MFer uh, from that douchebag podcast? I agree. Submit him. Hey, Teach hey. him a lesson. Hey, I have no problem. Uh, wrestle fuck him. No problem. I, I get on top and I say, punch, punch. That is what GSP does. Uh, I, I've been, I, I've been um, fucked by worse than GSP. Oh, that, is, that is actually a very good Holomock card. Uh, right in time for the holiday, I have been fucked by worse. Matt Freeman. Very nice. Listen, uh, no, who's next in line? Uh, okay, so uh, GSP is going to reveal to you. Breaking news. History Channel's The Bone Doc, The Boneyard Season 2. But here, here is uh, the big news. Uh, middleweight it make a GSP very fat. He tried to get takedown. Sometimes he would go down and he would like, no, GSP will not get back up. So uh, I'm very excited to say... I think maybe I go back down. Yeah, I agree. Maybe I'm I don't thinking know. Conor McGregor, right? You guys are looking at Conor McGregor GSP. Oh, Ooh, fuck yeah! Oh my god! Right? That's, yes. the That's the money. Would you wear red panties if you fought Conor McGregor's GSP? Hold on, I have a I have a three way call. Hold on, I want to put him on. It is uh, Conor himself. One second. Okay, well this is rare, but we'll we'll just wow, give it. <laughs> Everybody, shut up okay listen here everyone i'm gonna tell you one thing about gsp which is that i don't give a fuck if he wants to fight me or not <laughs> you're gonna make him uh, beg hold on uh, i would uh, tell you this right now Do make him beg uh, mcgregor good. listen to me now hear me later uh i you saw what i did to gsp look what i do to you <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, me, I don't even care. See, I'm living with my baby and me money. Well, go fuck yourself. That, ladies and gentlemen, Conor McGregor with his I'm, normal. I, I need to get in the middle of this. There's a very, they're fighting right now. Contactual and by breakdown. Fighting, they're staring Whoa. at each other. So I'm, I'm breaking this up. Listen, we have Raph guys, back. I, I, obviously, it's me. You can tell by my beautiful voice. We're cutting. Back. And I, do you guys think we can see that fight? Are you shitting me? You two they, both seem to have alluded to well, it. And now I'm thinking about it. And hold on. Is this possible? Dana laid out some plans. He said that there is a path for GSP to take on Conor McGregor. Did you see this plan, Matt? No, I did not. Okay. So, news to me. 
GSP, you know, when he was coming back and they're asking Dana, like, you know, tell us who you're thinking. Tell us who you want. Could we see Connor and uh, could we see GSP? And Dana, in his true form, was like, yeah, we can fucking see that. And he laid out a plan, which is like GSP has to do all of his obligations. So I think Dana's thinking that Forrest Whitaker. I'm sorry. Forrest Whitaker, is he fighting now? Is that what's happening here? Well, great news. It Absolutely. feels more like a Bellator card. <laughs> I mean, I mean, either way. No, but the, the promise is Whitaker gets the next shot. Fighting so Lewis Gossett Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but but Whitaker is supposed to get the next shot. However, GSP was very noncommittal, and Dana kept saying, "Oh, that's definitely the fight that's going to fucking happen," which is kind of iffy because he can't push around GSP as much as he wants to. So that's in part. However, uh, I do wonder. You know, Tyrone Woodley tried to put his name into the mix. Uh, he tried challenging uh, officially. And then Conor McGregor said he wasn't impressed by GSP's big win. So it looks like we have the groundwork for several fights. Everybody said the same thing on Saturday night in the post-presser, which is they need to take some time to reevaluate. But we've gotten really astray from the biggest news of all. Kevin, GSP going to the octagon without a gi. Go. S- sucks it's just like everything i think and then i'm not gonna lie to you raf minutes later there's an email from jubera that's like monday and wednesday be ready for no gi techniques it just all came crashing down on me in a matter of seconds and i was like this is my world i'm semi happy about it i'm semi massively fucking pissed off at gsp <laughs> For wearing these designer geese. It was like, go the other way. Get one that's fucking snakeskin and purple. And Eddie Murphy would be proud of you. Get something with some style. Is that his belt? Is that a tie? I don't know. Is that a sachet and a giant hat with a lapel (laughs) next to it? Yeah. Appears to be a cummerbund (laughs) underneath his A3. He had so much potential, and he went the other way, which is super like, this is what Gary Tonin would wear. Fuck Gary Tonin, and fuck what he would wear. I wanted a cool gi. I wanted something awesome, and I didn't get it. I just, I just it, was the, it was genuinely the only bummer of the night. Okay. Huh, feels, good, feels good to talk about it. Sorry, guys, to Bogart so much time about the old gi situation. <laughs> That's what happens when you're stoned. You just keep talking and talking and talking. Never know when to shut the fuck up, right? Baseless accusations. Just baseless Weird. about my conditions. Easy there, fake news. Listen. Fake news. I want to know about this here <laughs> because, Matt, what was your interpretation of GSP's return? Was it everything you wanted it to be? Um, yeah, I mean, he looked pretty tired to me. And, like, it was like he was gassing out there. He only wanted to fight. Um, I love that Bruce Lee kicks and spinning shit and Van Dam all that shit. Like that looked very impressive. I I figured he was gonna wrestle fuck him for five rounds or maybe ground and pound him out. But stand up with gnarly. The finish was great. Just looked he looked tired to me. I don't I don't think he had five rounds in him. So here's my thought. I thought that first round he looked fine. And the, the yeah. bounce in his step, I was like, damn, son, he looks good. And I think it was that whole, like, going down to try and get the the reach and wrestling, like, trying to actually get the takedowns was starting to wind him a little bit. But then I really think once he went into guard, and I don't know if that was something that was planned by Bisping or something that just happened by accident, 
but it looked like it was part of the plan. Like, if you know someone's going to try and take you down, pulling guard at the right time seemed to really play a good dividend for Bisping, who had the best performance I think I've seen from the back in a little while. And next thing you know, GSP's getting super bloodied. So when people were like, oh, he looks slow, and I was like, no, nah, dude, I think he's just getting busted up. I think that definitely made him slow. Um, but yes, from the GSP that we knew of old, yeah. I never made, thought slow. I just thought tired. I, I, I think the two become a little synonymous when <laughs> you Guys, stop using synonyms for old. I don't like the way either yeah. of you are like, I don't know about slow, he's just tired. Deep, he's taking deep. Taking deep breaths a lot. He looks. He just looks like a guy who was winded. Just looks like a looks guy that gets a winded. discount when he goes to restaurants four or five p.m. It's just a hunch. <laughs> not suggesting anything specific. Just how I felt. <laughs> he was huge. So, what about Bisping? Hmm. He looks like shit. Like physique wise, he looks <laughs> soft and cloudy. I've never seen yeah. him that soft. I think he probably figured he could get away with old man GSP returning. So that's kind yeah. of where I thought, like, maybe he wasn't taking it as seriously, or maybe that's just Bisping where he likes to be. Like, some people like to be at their natural weight to be at their most powerful, but can I just a little say, soft. Can I just say, though, Jiu-Jitsu is, like, such the perfect old man MMA game. If you mm-hmm. had to compare it to any other sport, be good at grappling. Mm-hmm. Like, worst case scenario, you're going to catch him. And you, it just didn't look like Bisping was totally ready. Just didn't for the ground. No, I, I mean, not he was a, a little man. more ready. Wait, not a young man. He did better against, I think we got a fuck, a fuck that's going on right now, but he did better off, on the ground and off his back than anyone else ever did against GSP. Mm. He tapped out. Jeff. I mean, he t- well, a lot of people took GSP no, all the way. He fucked up. GSP got the top spot. Oh, I guess he, he didn't tap out. Excuse so, me. Hold on. Hold on. Kev, this show was yeah, that's born got off of your love. Well, yeah. hold on. He was Kevin's love was something that was important at the very beginning of the show, one of our very first episodes, was Kevin's professed love for Carlos Condit, mm-hmm. who <laughs> was definitely fighting very hard off of his back as well. Big fan. <laughs> Through the elbows, fierce competitor. Still think about the day I interviewed him. I, I was I was a little, I was too clingy. <laughs> you were aggressive. so starstruck. I was. But I was too- but to be honest though, it it was smart. So that's why I thought it was part of the game plan because I go, ooh, you know, Condit did have some some things there, and it had shades of Carlos Condit playing off of his back because I think Condit's one of the best people to play off his back. Most people get to guard and they just try and figure out how like how to like sweep you back up or mitigate punches from up top. Oh, yeah. Like Carlos Condit looks at it as like fuck yeah. About time you got to my guard. Yeah, definitely. Okay. But, you know, so there's that ha- I don't think he, in the first round when he got the top spot, did he ever actually even pass um, Bisping's guard? I think he was more preoccupied. Because I kept yelling for him to pass. And it looked like he passed and then put his leg back in just to be like, no, no, GSP is not done with you here. More punches to you. And so that's what I thought it was because I figured – he thought maybe Bisping would be so preoccupied trying to like get back up that he would have some good opportunities to get in some strikes. Um, but he was definitely like when I saw GSP put an elbow down from like what looked like Bisping trying to get to half. I said, "All right, the fight IQ is good." Kev, what next for GSP? Do you want of those three? Do you want Woodley? Do you want Whitaker? 
or do you want Conor McGregor? Oh my God, do I not care about Woodley or Whitaker? Like, just let him fight Conor. That's fun. Let's do that. But is he supposed to work his way to Connor though? Who gives a shit? What if he chokes? What if he heel hooks him? I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of potential in this next fight. And fuck off, he beat Bisping. And who cares? The UFC definitely doesn't care. No one cares. The rules don't matter. It's 2017. Titles matter. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so now the big MFers on my side. So I'm right. I mean, that's but let's how I go here. You know, Matt, on this side, though, is that something you want to see? Like, do we want to jump just straight to there? Is there something to be said that you know, it has to I happen do. right away? I just want to see the big fucking fight. But because who knows if it'll ever happen? Who knows? You know, it's almost like you take the risk. GSP gets knocked out by somebody else, and that fight never happens. And to me, it's probably the biggest money fight they got. Right? Probably. But it here's is. the problem with that. I feel like the, the UFC is getting to this point where they really have to be careful and protect their best interests because it feels like every time they push all in, it's like, what if GSP knocks out Conor McGregor? Conor and that's Ray. supposed to be <laughs> right the future. It's not so good either. Then that's a yeah. bad well, news day yeah. for the UFC. That's true. <laughs> and next up, Mighty Mouse Johnson's fighting Conor McGregor. Everybody, <laughs> look out. Actually, no. I'll tell you this. I'll watch Demetrius Johnson versus GSP in a heartbeat. Oh, fuck. Make it happen. How do we do that? I watch it, but that weight is, they're never going to make a catch weight for that fight. Oh, I don't care if it's catch weight. Just let them stay at whatever weight they want. I like that he started with, I'd watch it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was very clear. It's just a mismatch in weight. That it's, you know, it's almost not even fair, but I still watch it. Well, okay. Do we have anything less that we want to say about that fight? Because uh, the thing that I was thinking was, you know, when we say, like, he could potentially harm the Conor McGregor hype train, which has already had a couple of stops uh, along the way, but the UFC needs them pay-per-view numbers. Um, When you think about that, Bisping was not really a huge risk because he's teased retirement a couple times. So, like, it's natural for one fighter to take out an outgoing fighter who's current and the champ. That's great. Does GSP now rank as one of the greatest of all times? Matt, I'll start with you. Yes, I think he already did. It's just put an explanation point behind it. Follow-up, is he the GOAT, though? You know, I say yes. But a, I mean, MMA has changed, and people look at it in a different way today. A lot of people don't even, remember, don't even really remember how dominant and how good GSP was and how many people he got destroyed and knocked out of the division. I don't think anybody's ever, like Dana White says, ran through a division like GSP did. So, I mean, yeah, I say he's the GOAT. Garbage man. Once upon a time. Now, returning guest on Verbal Tap MMA Comedy Podcast slash multi-divisional. Now, obviously the stars have aligned a little bit for him that Michael Bisping was his foe this evening. I still don't know why, but it was like, why do we think Michael Bisping is better? What, what is what is it about his track record recently? I guess maybe that he beat Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold wasn't very good. I kind of was just like, I think Bisping's going to win the fucking fight. And he did win the fucking fight. Hard to knock out. He's really difficult to finish. Proved it. 
and his jujitsu looks good. I wouldn't be this happy or bullish if his jujitsu hadn't been so point on. Chokes him out. Love it. Just put Let him me, to sleep. I think his killer instinct was there. Don't joke. Let me go ahead and read a few names, though. Bisping, Hendricks, Diaz, Condit, Shields, Koscheck, BJ Penn, Fitch, Sarah, Hughes, Shirk, Trigg. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Well, I want to call Sarah. He no, also, stop saying He names. also has uh, two losses to a guy's name, Matt. So we, we understand well, Matt's a little bit of a kryptonite to one uh, GSP. However, he avenged his losses. He was able to keep his record right now is 26 and two. That's um, that's pretty impressive. And to come back after a four year layoff. Do you think he and said to beat those names? GSP hmm. chokes out Michael Bisping. Do you think Matt was like, if I can knock that guy out <laughs> once, <laughs> put him to sleep. This is a heads up, guys. Listen, Matt Sarah never tires of telling me, hey, everybody, I knocked that guy out. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's definitely at pizza parlors. He's living a great life right now. But I feel like GSP's record kind of speaks for itself. And the fact that if you look at this, his last appearance was UFC 167, and now it's 217. His first UFC appearance was UFC 46. There's something to be said about somebody who has that long of a career with that good of a record. So I know sometimes we go back and forth. The Anderson Silva, the BJ Penn in his prime. Uh, you know, Fedor was in there at some point. But if we're going by records, GSP's, if not the top, it's got to be top three, dude. I say the fucking top after this. I think it's, I think it's the top. It has. I what mean, it, a few, what if he wins a few more after this? Then what? I mean, then is it like undisputed, not even debatable? I mean, dude, there's something I like to call with certain athletes where you get to the point where you just do a victory lap. I feel like everything sure. now is just icing on the cake. It's just him <laughs> taking another well, lap, throwing everybody. his hands up, <laughs> and like, granted, I think that his MMA record needs to be amended to show that he lost to Captain America, but. That's stuff that we can talk about in the future. So I feel there is that. Kev, let's talk about the other fights no. that happened. No. What was your no. listen? Listen, no. yes. Fine. Talk about your response Fine. to TJ and Cody. No <laughs> love, Grant. So, okay, watching the Ultimate Fighter of their season, which I did, which is the most cluster fucked of the seasons. The steroids, the everything, the call-outs, the neck-grabbing, it was gross. It wasn't in line with what you want to see. It, they didn't show nearly as much cardio as I would have thought. Anyway, we see Dillashaw knock out Cody Garbrandt, which felt good. I think we all think it felt good. His neck tattoo alone just got to bother you on some yeah. level. Yeah. I like seeing that because it put an end to this all the drama and all the talk and all this and that and the better man won. Did it though? Because they immediately get no. up and Cody's like, "I'm ready." It's like, what are you talking about? We 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 no. just yeah. did this. There's no way. There's no way TJ gives him a rematch after all the shit TJ had to do to get a fucking rematch or to get another title shot. Well, TJ was the one that say, "Oh no, he doesn't." a rematch but like 
I don't know. I think the fight kind of said he does. But here's the problem now. Dana White's pushing all in on this Demetrius Johnson should uh, go ahead and get that. And we all want to see it. But now Dana White's all about it and trying to say like, oh, I want that fight. It's up to that little guy if he wants it. And start saying how he's now a pay-per-view participant. Like he's in on the pay-per-view sales. So it's really up to him to see what his numbers are. And TJ later said while he was on uh, the post presser that he can make 125 because people go, dude, you didn't look wow. super great at 135. And he's like, oh, it's just because I put on so much muscle, which is steroids. Um, cool. I guess cool to say. Uh, I just love the fact that, like, yeah, that's my excuse, dude. I don't drop any further because all this fucking muscle mass keeps me mm, exactly where I am. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Uh, is that the way to go? I mean, okay, let's put this to a vote. Matt, do you want a rematch or do you want uh, Demetrius? I want Demetrius. Okay, Kev? Uh, uh, 100%. Like, do this for you, Demetrius. Go knock him out. Like, you really r- probably will. Go do it. Well, keep in mind, part of Demetrius's claims was like he wanted a certain order. Like he was like, can he prove that he's coming down to my weight? Because it looks like he can't. So now we're just taking TJ's word for it and saying, oh, yeah, he can do it. <laughs> uh, he also said he won the champion. Now TJ is a champion. See? I agree. So, oh, just I wouldn't want it. that fight about Demetrius. I wouldn't want that. 140? Is that a possibility? No. no. Those two kids, they wanna they wanna keep it at their, their respective weights. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's one of those things where you look at them and you just think, like, why are we doing this? Uh really? you know. But no, just in terms just in terms of this. Over. I want to see the two of them fight. And here's the order I would put it in. I feel you do that fight, and depending on how that goes, then you put TJ back in a fight and let potentially Cody fight his way back into it because I'm okay with seeing that I fight. Agree with that. Like, that's yeah, the order. Yeah, but I, I think Cody should have to win a, another fight or something before he gets a shot at the belt because I mean, kind of, out. dude. I don't know what else is going on in that weight class that you really want to see. Just off the top of your head, is there something else? Like, who does he need to prove it you know to? Because I'll tell you, that first round proved it to me. That, that first round proved it to me that this could have gone very quickly a different way. Could have. But, you know, I, I'm looking at it like this. They all said, all the Alphano guys, everyone say TJ didn't deserve a rematch right away against Thomas Cruz. And so if I'm TJ, I didn't get my rematch. I had to win a couple of fights to get back. I'm like, fuck you, go win a couple more fights and you can fight me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have that pool and then sometimes you just, your division takes care of itself. True. So I guess the question is, make a lot of money when you fight, but who's going to get you paid the most? Well, think about it. That's, that's the fight. That's the fight. That's going to get you paid a lot. Like how many other people? Because think about it. Who is it going to be? Are we putting Dominic back in that? Is Dominic going to take uh, right, the headphones Faber. off to come back in there? You're right. Faber suggested he was doing that. Did you see him volunteer? I, I, do. I would love to watch that fight. Yeah, it's all the fucking drama. That's how these guys fight. I mean, it might be an easy... I don't know if that's an easy fight for TJ or not, because Faber looked pretty damn good in his retirement, but... Well, I like the fact that uh, Uriah Faber gave an exclusive to UriahFaber.com and basically was like, yeah, I'd take that fight. I don't retire for that. So I wonder how they, they pulled that exclusive. I don't retire for that. 
think if I'm not mistaken, Faber actually even went back in the drug pool not that long ago. He did, which is always suspicious. Um, but like, I mean, who the fuck else are we thinking about in this weight class? Is just, I guess, what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, Super you know, you're right. Super fights. Kind of Super fights. Have TJ Dillashaw fight, and this is just off the top of my head. Ovin St. Prue. I'm just throwing out names. Okay. <laughs> now, now we're just combining weight classes. Kevin, it's not like jiu-jitsu where there's an absolute Jedrazek. Jedrazek. <laughs> let's move to that fight. Let's, yeah, let's go ahead and transition there because... Uh, Rose Albanunas. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Thug Rose knocks her out. Thug Rose has a rocky last four to five fights. It's been tough for yeah. her. She's gotten some KOs. She got a good chance. Knocks her out. Crazy. C- crazy. Well, first of all, who could have ever seen that coming? Are you? You said that with a condescending end note. Are you saying I just you predicted I, that coming? I just want to know who here could have possibly have seen that outcome as a thing. Neither the big MF nor myself. Okay, good. And why is that? We're just stupid. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, that's unrelated, but sure. Um, I, I, the reason why I'm asking you this is Objection, to really play up. The no, shut up, Kevin. Okay. Let me make my point and shut up. Here's what I'm saying. The idea behind this is this is why it came as such a big shock. Nobody saw Joanna losing this fight. And everybody was saying how yeah. much they really were pulling for Rose. Everybody kept saying, like, Rose is a tough fighter. I like her a lot. I don't know if she can pull through. A lot of people were even starting to say late in the time before the fights were about to start that Rose's best chance was to submit her. Yeah, I said Nobody thought thing. that she was going to be able to knock her out. And guess what? She kind of no. did, did, did both because Joanna yeah. tapped out to strikes. However, when asked about it, was saying, no, no, I didn't. Shut up. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but there's something to be said. Okay. What did you guys make of uh, Rose Nama Yunus's post-fight speech? Matt? <laughs> You know, I kind of think her attitude about all about all of this is one of the reasons why she won that fight. I don't think she cared if she was the champion or not. I don't think the thing got to her. I think she was really in her zone. And um, I thought it was a it was a good. I mean, it was a good post speech for her. But I mean, come on, man. Wait, people get in this business. People love to be the champion. It, it does mean something. Kev. I don't remember the post-fight speech. I'm not sure I clocked this one. <laughs> here's here's what I'll tell you. It was a nice break from the normal because when Joe Rogan's asking her kind of that whole like, how did it feel? She looked at him because she was asking or he was asking like, what did it feel like to respond when Joanna was in her face? And how was it she was able to keep so calm and recite the Lord's Prayer while Joanna's essentially telling her, I'm the boogie woman. I will kill you. Like, basically, it kind of sounded like an offsuit Arnold Schwarzenegger. But she was literally in her face and saying shit to her. And he was saying, where did that resolve come from? And Rose vaguely answered the question by saying, you know what, Joe? I just feel there's so much negativity in the world. We're all here. This is entertainment. But people just need to be more positive to each other and nicer to each other. And uh, I get what we do here as martial artists and what she does is entertainment and that's fine. But, you know, I think it would be cool if we're all cooler to each other. 
So she really made a statement, which was a nice breath of fresh air. Which is true. She, I mean, MMA is filled with ridiculousness. But, like, compare that to Colby Covington last week, who tried for all of his might to be a heel and couldn't do it convincingly. Like, came off as such a douchebag that for a while, and we see a lot of post-fight speeches, but hers resonated for a strange reason, which was it felt real. It felt like her just saying, like, I'm tired of this shit. I will tell you guys this much. I was training over with some guys this past week. I got to talk to a fighter. And this one fighter was telling me, how he literally has to struggle to understand if he should go the Conor McGregor route and sell the fights, but he doesn't feel like he can do it that way and be super honest about himself, or if he should let the fight speak for himself, while at the same time wondering, do I potentially give up an opportunity to not sell the fights like that? And the answer for you is yes, because we're both pro wrestling fans. But if you notice, people don't connect with Roman Reigns because he can't cut a fucking promo to save his life. And it True. doesn't feel authentic. So there is something to like making it real, making it yourself, letting the work speak. And yeah, for it's got to be you and your your personality. But it's, there's a lot of guys. I know a lot of guys now that fought that didn't quite make it. They tell me, "Fuck, I wish I would have went WWE when I had the chance." And you know, yeah. like I wish I would have healed it up. I wish I would have sold my fucking fights. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> now, Kev, you're not the pro wrestling fan. What? Ah. Uh. Okay, fine. I guess we're just going to say mean things to each other. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's fine, Kevin. It's fine. It's fine. I understand. You don't truly love the arts. You'll never be a true martial artist until you fully come around on this. But what are your thoughts on this? On, I'm sorry, the pro wrestling I'm, parallels you two just drew? Because you, you guys lost me it. so far deep in the bullshit recesses of something about Ramos. But heel sections. All right. Great enough. You're, the weed is kicking in very nicely. Moron. What I'm asking yeah. you is something very simple here. I'm asking you, do you think it's the way to go? Does there have to be the pro wrestling style in MMA or do you let the work speak for itself? Well, I, I honestly just chalk it up to adrenaline more than anything. In pro wrestling, it's not like they have to do that. That just is what we like in terms of when we're talking about fights. It's also... What we used to like a lot about basketball, it's what we sort of crave in football. We really still build up those matchups of like Des Bryant versus Josh Norman. It's just a fun thing. So I'm not sure we're going to... Have we ever avoided it? Isn't that always been... Even when it was a crazy UFC, hey, we've got somebody coming from jiu-jitsu. We've got somebody coming from boxing. It's always been this sort of heel nature to it. So I think it's just... Here's what I'm thinking, though. As I hear you... You go on about that. What I want to point out is this. When we talk about it and we talk about the pro wrestling angle and we talk about it, does it have a role? Matt, I'll get your thoughts on this. Do we need to have somebody in the back like they have like their their producers in the back coaching these people on how the fuck to act? Because even if the UFC is trying to do (laughs) that, they fucking suck. Hold on. That is a wrestling thing. They have people super specific for that. Sorry, I don't know this. Oh, yeah. There are guys backstage who will literally eat. They have writers who write the stuff. Kev, I don't want to ruin too much for you, but they have writers who ruin it. So some of these guys, that's when, when they seem really stiff, it's because they're trying to memorize their script and they're not actors. So that's why there's a current slate of people who are really good actors who may not be really good athletes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. But my thing is, do we need to have that also 
pitching myself to be that person for the UFC because I would make it fucking rain with promos. Oh, my God. Here's what I would have written for Joanna. Two punches doesn't make you a champion. Uh, I have lyrics for you. I'm ready. (laughs) Good job, Kev. Now, Matt, one of the things that Joanna was saying in the post-presser was, don't compare me to Ronda. So would you like to take the first stab at comparing her to Ronda? Um, no, I don't think she's comparable to Ronda because uh, Ronda got outclassed and looked like garbage in, in her losses after when she went down. And I don't think um, Yolanda looked like garbage. She just got caught with the left hook and got knocked out. All right, didn't take the bait on that one. Ronda lives to fight another day or not. Probably not. Kev? Yeah, I'm ready. And I hope uh, ESPN or whatever stupid-ass Skip Bayless titled show producer is listening. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't see more parallels. Her dominance, her infallibility was on the line. It's now been put into question. Is she as tough and scrappy or is she just on a run? By the way, this is one of my favorite moments in the post-presser was they asked her. Because she's like, she goes... I know I lost. Um, don't compare me to Rhonda. That's bullshit. A little bit later, they were kind of asking the same question. I, I like her well, going immediately like, don't compare me to the most famous woman athlete of all goddamn time yeah. or the but person stupid, making well, the Then when Dana was on the microphone, they were kind of saying, well, what does this do for Rhonda? You know, is Rhonda still the greatest of all time? And Dana goes, well, she's still got the record. It wasn't even answering it directly. Is- it was just like she still got the fucking a record. Stupid question and a stupid statement. Oh, oh stupid question. Freeman, I cannot begin to tell you. There sounded like there were two bloggers, and this is credit to our good friends Dane and Terry, who uh, clued me in on it because I didn't watch the presser live. I watched the next day, but they go wait until you watch it because it sounds like there are two people who just sounded <sighs> like they were bloggers who got let in. And we're allowed to ask questions because it was the equivalent of hearing someone shuffle their papers and go, uh, Dana, uh, uh, I have a question for you. And Dana's just like, what the fuck is your question? So there's a moment where one of the people asked uh, Rose, they were like, finish this sentence, Rose. Rose Nama Yunus is blank. And I go, Really? That's the question we're asking. Like the equivalent, the journalistic equivalent of what kind of tree would you be and why? Good job. There. All right. Let's go to this other question. That same person or somebody else asked Dana White a little bit later. That's like, you know, Dana White, you're no stranger to hyperbole. So and then he asks a question. I was like, yo, kid, you lost Dana so hard <laughs> by being like, hey, you're oh. a giant blowhard. Answer this question. Like, these people were so amateurish that I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, so, yes, New York reporters, get your shit together. Um, but, yeah, that, like, that's about Like the referees before them, it's time to get together, have a conversation, figure out how to talk to Dana White. Because I agree. Couldn't have tuned you out more. Like, he immediately was like, did I set my fucking fantasy lineup? Did I do it? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, this I'm pretty sure, though. Questions still. Hold on. What? Did you just when say, Dana how says, do I feel about something? <laughs> when Dana says, did I set my fantasy light up? What he means to say is, 
Did I fucking call Belichick to change my fucking fantasy lineup? <laughs> Did he do it? That's how I imagine he does it. Um, let's talk about a few other things, though. Stephen Thompson, Al Classes, Jorge, Maz Duvall. Uh, Mazzy and uh, Bisping look like they got into a little bit of an altercation backstage. Uh, so it looked like they were already starting to set up that pro wrestling headline. I want to make a complaint here, which is Paulo Costa. Okay. This is the guy that we've known as Bora China. Yeah. Ha. Huh. And now he's decided to go by Paula Costa because at first they go, oh shit. Did over under Kevin not work? Did we like, did they get a replacement they fighter? And they're like, no, no, no. It's Bora China. It's him. I was like, what the fuck, dude? But he looked really damn good against Johnny Hendricks. Now, Kev, I sent you a video. Did you watch this video from Karen Bryant? Of no. the weigh-ins with Johnny Hendricks? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. So, Matt, I don't know if you saw this, but on the day of the weigh-ins, Johnny Hendricks, who we've already discussed about a million times, having struggles with you know weighing in and whatnot, he goes to the scale, and before he's going to get on the scale, in front of like all these people who are surrounding, he gives a talk about why he potentially is weighing in at a certain okay. weight. And I'm already like, oh, my God, just get on the fucking scale, dude. Every one of your weigh-ins does not need to be a production from start to finish. (laughs) But he's basically going up there, and he's just like, hey, guys, I weighed in, and I was pretty close. So then I went back, and it's water weight right now, and I'm going to get back on there. And I'm like, oh, my God, get the fuck on the scale. And then he gets on, and he barely makes it by .8. And I was like, ooh, Someone was living on a prayer there, Johnny Hendricks, and that person was you. So there is that. It wasn't that great of a fight. Johnny Hendricks, I'm looking for you to start slowly calling it a day, and that's just me. I'll just walk you guys through some of the other stuff that happened. He was still on the main card, Raph. We've got at least two or three more FS1 prelims. We're like, Johnny Hendricks. Oh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll walk you guys through some big stuff. Uh, good beer and Walt Harris, a legal head kick, which was really weird to watch live. I the, still don't. Know oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> OK, Walt Harris kicks him in the face. Just gives Kev, him a nice to... toe to the eye right as he's stroking but, out. But he misses him completely. And this was a really important thing for all of us in the future, which is instant replay was used. Yeah. Now I thought that was fascinating to watch instant live in front of my eyes, uh, because now that means that might be a precedent. I think that's kind of cool that we actually get that shit, even though they still had the same decision. No big deal. But bummer for uh, Walt he did Harris. raise him on the air. Uh, who, What's that? Bummer for Walt Harris, who was yes. winning the fight and then wasn't winning the fight. Sure. Uh, let's also talk about OSP destroying Corey Anderson. Kicked him in the face. Oof. It was really aggressive. And it looked like OSP was in trouble for a little while in the fight. Comes in with an aggressive head kick. Uh, We were actually on a freeway, and I just had it on my phone. And it stalled out for a split second. And when it stalled out, we're like, ah, shit, I wonder what's happening. And it's over. Okay. What happened? And you see that replay happen in front of your eyes, and you go, oh, my God, that was vicious. All I saw was Corey Anderson walking out of the cage before they made the fight announcement. And I go, oh, it's got to be bad. Let's see how bad. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, your pal, Mickey Gall, Matt, Mickey, on the wrong side of the, man. 
Wrong side of a decision there, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I'll take it. Fair enough. Uh, but Ricardo Ramos, I want to talk about the spinning back elbow. Kev, did you see this? Uh, wait, what's spinning back elbow? No. Oh, it was vicious. Uh, it's one of the best replays. So here's what Dana did. They gave out three performance bonuses. Okay. Okay. They gave out $50,000 to GSP because ob. They gave it to Dillashaw and they gave it to Nama Yunus. But then they also gave an extra performance of the night that they split into two, one for OSP and the other for Ricardo Ramos because Dana was just like, <laughs> fuck it, everybody gets bonuses. You get a bonus. You get a bonus. Well, kind of, but there was no fight of the night bonus. So at first I thought Dana was being Uncle Moneybags until I saw there and I go, mm. I think he's being anti-over-under Kevin tiebreaker is what I think he's yeah. being. <laughs> he's caught wily to all of our tricks here. Um, so anyway, th- those are the big things. And obviously James Vick had a very big uh, TKO over Joseph Duffy. The most impressive thing about it in my eyes, he did it at the 459 mark, which always makes me beg the question. When they say it's 459, Matt, do you ever wonder if the person who's holding the stopwatch maybe like fucked up for a second or like didn't hit it right? Like, do you go over there and go like, can you can you give me a verification? Can I see your stopwatch, please? Yeah, right. You do. Yeah. 459. That number is a little suspicious in and of itself. (laughs) Because <laughs> you better believe if Kevin gets a submission on me and there's like one second left on the clock, I am asking for verification. Okay. So them's the card, guys. I would encourage you, Kev, a little bit later. We'll look at the uh, Ramos uh, uh, spinning just, back. I was up. even trying to find a clip and I couldn't find like a good one. I, I think I can. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> All right, we'll, fine. Do a, uh, we'll do a Kevin can wait in a second. Um, but I think it's important because the people here want to know how the results turned out. I bet they do. Don't you guys? I do. I want to hear about it. Before we do it, Kev, do you have anything to say? Do you think your results were good? Were they bad? Were they in between? How do you feel right now? I know I had GSP. That mm-hmm. felt good to be on that side of history. Mm-hmm. And I know I made some bold choices that some might scoff at, but... A few OSP kicks to the face will knock that surprise off anyone. Mm, Matt, how are you feeling right now? Do you feel you made the right choices? Where are you at? You know, um, to be honest, <laughs> I feel like I can't even fucking remember half of the ones that I picked. Mm. And and I almost feel like it's possible that Big MF might, might be having to put some makeup on his face. Interesting. Well, let's look at the results right now. Uh, I would like to point out, I don't normally read what my notes say, uh, but I'll read you one of my notes. My notes here says <laughs> middle eight Johnny Hendricks versus Paulo Borachina. And it's at, with Hendricks as his pick. And it says heavy fat comma KO, which <laughs> Is one of my favorite show notes that you come in with a heavy fat KO, not a regular KO, everybody, a super heavy fat, super KO. heavy fat one, which unfortunately was not true. Uh, well, here are the results. Uh, winning this installment of Over Under Kevin was not oh the big mf'er. 
crushing. So Kevin ends up winning this one in dominant fashion, I might say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the podcast before I... You um, won't. And that's even more beautiful about this. The hard part <laughs> about this is, is that you... were you... just doing yoga. Shut up. You have your life filled and enriched. You're probably having a fit-to-go healthy salmon with some pilaf so you can work on your downward-facing dog. We know people like you. They're aggressive no. and they work hard. And I'm tired of your bullshit. All I'm here to do is keep you in check my laziness and semi-drug-using habits prevail. It's proof. I want to point out something here because it was like you guys had four of the same picks. And two worked for you, Matt, and two didn't. And you were bitching at the time that it was like, oh, you're letting Kevin go first. But it turns out that didn't really matter because Kevin was picking the right ones even when you were allowed to go first. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't really remember my picks, so I don't remember what I picked. It's like I'm not too sure of the integrity of the way you counted my picks, so I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the podcast before it. Listen, here's the hard part about further that. comments. You're gonna have to go back and review with your lawyers. Is what you have to do. So, Kevin, what does he have to do for the loss of the bet here? Well, this is being, I'm filed. I'm filing a petition right now. This is being played under. File whatever you, you need. Wait, I'll wait, send wait, wait, wait. you your I wanna, picks. I want to go ahead and point out something here real quick, which is this. You do know that I'm the governing body of this game, right? Well, expect to get an email from me, sir. Bro, you send me an email, and I will legitimately be surprised because I would love for you to file your complaint and have to spend the time to learn how to draft a letter, then send the letter, then actually learn what you're trying to say as you say it. Objection. See, Objection. I wouldn't send the letter, actually. I would have someone deliver it to you. <laughs> I'm intrigued to hear this, but I love the fact that you're going to go the John Jones route of like, I'm super innocent, guys. No steroids have touched this body. How about that one right there? Except for that one. Dick pills. Well, what if like, what if a, a scary, a very scary human being handed you an envelope and he told you to say I need you to recount this because I think Big Math won. Yeah, it still wouldn't really move me. And uh, you know, Here's the nice part. What does he have to do, Kevin? Because now we're getting the part of what it, the bet was. He chose Mickey Gall, Corey Anderson, Michael Thompson, JJ, Godbeer, Hendricks, Blades, Cody, Zahabi, Olazak, Duffy, GSP, I chose Gall, OSP, Marzival, JJ, Godbeer, Borchinia, Onyek, TJ, Ramos, Cute Labia, Vic, GSP, for a total of one, two, three, four, five, six to one, two, three. Not that bad, not that great for you. Great for me. You have to wear some makeup at the next podcast and do just a read and describe that, you know, you lost a bet. Now well, like I said, makeup. this right, is... Please. um. This is being filed under petition of a contest. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think that you guys are telling the truth on my picks. So I have to go back and review the show before I before I admit defeat. Mm, interesting. All right, here. Whatever you say, Hillary Clinton. I get it. What difference does it make at this point? <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, she took a day and a half to conceive. Hey, you know, it's fine. Hey, you, you, remember, do you do remember what happened to Bobby, right? 
to yes to Bobby. You remember that, don't you? Yes, I love that you're going. You're going for the oldest political references we can find on this. At least mine was in the past year. I'm saying. Which, by the way, I think we've discussed. It's been a a year now. I just want to point that to everybody. So if you've made it, take a drink tonight. You've done great work. All right, Kev. We have some questions to wrap this up for Matt. Matt, my question to you, it's a big one. You just put on this pro wrestling show. It went great. uh, Despite your involvement in it. Amazing. Uh, Can we expect to see more from you in the pro wrestling arena? Yeah, without a doubt, man. This was a really... Yeah, everybody had a great time. I had a great time. Phil put on a great show. Vinny Masaro put on a great show. All the other guys had good performances. Everybody that was there was thrilled. They want to come back. You know, it's the first one I've done, and every time I think you do something, you get better at it the next time. And I was my only goal was just just make this thing good enough to where it's not embarrassing. Like, just, mm. stop it. Not embarrassing. I'd be happy, and and um, I think um, Phil did a great job, a real mm-hmm. great job. He's a very talented professional wrestler. Um, you know, now Ralph, you, how deep do you follow professional wrestling? Is it just WWE? Do you pay attention to the other shit that's going on? Uh, dude, here's the thing: I follow everything, and I go deep, and I enjoy <laughs> it for this very reason, sir. I feel like right now we're in a renaissance of indie pro wrestling that appeals to people like you and I who grew up with it in a way that is maturing so that when you see great storylines in the WWE, you're appreciative, but you can get it at your local area and get big names there. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a huge fan uh, on all levels, sir. So, right now with um, Impact, and they just signed Stephen Bonner, um... Stephen Bonner and Phil Baroni started out as a, well, Phil Baroni got Stephen Bonner actually into professional wrestling. They were a tag team called the Shooters. And the gimmick was they were just going to fuck guys up, you know, whenever they, because we're real shooters, we'll fuck you up. You guys are just phony wrestlers. Anyways, Jeff Jarrett was going to bring in Bonner and Baroni to feud with American Top Team. Um, Jeff Jarrett, you know, steps down because he's an alcoholic and he goes to rehab and someone else comes in. And for whatever reason, they decide, and they're instrument with genius, to not bring in Baroni, bring in a football player named Moose, have him team with Barner to take on American Top Team. The problem was they did a promo before this with Baroni and Barner. So their pre-show has Baroni and Barner for the first half hour and the pay-per-view starts, and Baroni was never signed by Impact mm. um, or agreed to any of this. So I, just, I thought the whole thing was really strange. It might, it might be some trouble there. But, um, but the thing is, with Stefan and Phil, Phil is a legit pro wrestler. So like they're trying to do this. They, everybody loves this, this MMA thing in the mm. pro wrestling, and it works when the MMA guy can actually do pro wrestling. Sure. Phil's that guy. I think Bonner has some trouble. I think Bonner and a lot of the other, I mean, a lot of the other guys they got are not very good pro wrestlers. So it doesn't mm-hmm. come off as good. <laughs> so anyways, I had a great time with Phil. I got to hang out with Phil. You know, I, I like your intensity about this. You're fired up. Uh, it's got, there's a, yeah, there's so, a heat to it. So, um, so 
I, I hang out with Phil, and um, at first, I, Phil's he's a cool dude in Vietnam. When you when you first meet him, he doesn't know if he likes you or not, and he'll give you a mm-hmm. Phil Brony face until he thinks you're cool, and then you'll kind of get a different side of Phil. So um, he said, "Well, I'm going to do some bigger shit. We're going to come back and do some more things. Vinny and Phil might even." have a bunch of matches lined up together somewhere else or Vinny and Phil might even put together a, you know, a tag team. They're both Italian. They're both, you know, Vinny's from, from Sicily. Phil's, you know, grew up in a real gangster family related to John Gotti. So, um, I see some pretty cool things happening from all of this. That's awesome. It was a well, great night. dude, you know, we're, we're looking forward to see what's coming in uh, on your side of the world next because, we know that can only be uh, bigger and better things in terms of the pro wrestling career. And I love how you say that you do stuff and your main goal is not to be uh, terrible <laughs> or suck, but yet you've proved that theorem so, so inaccurate with, what is it, close to 300 episodes now? Yeah, come on. I think we have it's 295. Ooh, you're getting close, dude. I feel like you guys are, you're almost there. You're almost at that point where you've got 10 good episodes. Um, but I'll say this, Matt. Obviously, we're going to return back to our worlds. You're going to go back to Inside BJJ. We will stay here. But while you're on our show, we're going to do something, uh, taking a page out of Rose Nama Yunus's book, and we're going to say something nice. We're going to say congratulations on your time. We're going to use that positivity, and uh, we're going to let you know that we knock you the fuck out. That's just what happened here. That's all. Well, you know, true champion rises from the ashes and comes back. That's what I did. His opponent. Thank you. One day, one day, Kevin, you're going to realize that you're being strangled by somebody. It's going to be big MF. <laughs> well, that's great. Hey, uh, Matt, I shall call you the you? little MF from here on out. Ooh, that's that's rough, Kevin. To use a size. I'm size you downgrading know, Kevin, him. You know, you know, you know, Kevin, I, I've tried to be nice here, but you don't want to be humble. You don't want to be humble in, in, in victory. <laughs> no. So, you got so me. maybe, maybe, maybe I think it's time that Kevin takes off the headphones and he steps up to the plate and he goes one-on-one with Big MF. I think... Sexually? That's What's the, only the implication? I don't know your... I mean... I think we'll work on making something like that happen once Kevin returns from his nine injuries. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sure. I'm sure he's definitely up for it at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's do this. Where can people find you, good sir? Where can people, if they want to, uh, you know, do all that good stuff? You can find me on Instagram, um, 209 Big MF, um, at Inside BJJ Matt on Twitter, Facebook Matt Freeman, and check out um, TWF's Facebook page. Look for the video to be coming out. Um, more shit to come. Maybe, maybe David Mitchell steps in the ring next. Uh-oh. So uh, maybe David Mitchell, Phil Veroni, maybe somebody else. But um, we have some cool shit lined up. Check out the TWF um, Facebook page, please. Well, that's good. He he did ask, please, people. So you can go do that now. Well, listen, Matt. We enjoyed having you on these past two weeks. We thank you so much for taking the time to come out and uh, talk UFC with us. We hope nothing but the best for your pro wrestling and everything except for the best on <laughs> your podcast. Hey, you know what? You guys are great. No, seriously. You guys, have, you know, you're right there neck and neck with Inside BJJ. Not quite as good, but 
you're getting better and better. And um, Ralph, you're a busy guy. I don't know, man, how the fuck you do it. You're all over the fucking place. You must not be getting much pussy. But, um, but hey, you're, you're doing good things for jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it says the, the guy not married right now. It's all good, dude. Do what you do. <laughs> I'll say this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, say a very nice thank you to one, Matt Freeman. And... Did you find? <laughs> <laughs>
I want to thank everybody who I got to meet and interact with over at CXF. Y'all were exceptional. It was a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. So, of course, to Adam Woods, who I got to watch part of the fights with, with Rick, his sister, all the systems crew. So I'm talking Dima, talking Christos, got to see Vince for a little while. Talked with, and I want to say a big credit here, Rich Leroy. They gave out trading cards. So our good friends like Thor Skanky and uh, Dima and all these other guys got like trading cards like they were Pokemon, but they're fighters. And Rich saw me grab one of them, and he just goes, you want an autograph? And I was like, no. And then he signed it anyways. And I said, oh, that's really nice of you. Look at you. So Rich did a really big solid. But it, it was fun to see your your fighter friends uh, be commemorated in such a way. And Dima and Thor were acknowledged as uh, like kind of like the Hall of Fame of CXF. So they gave them personal recognition, which neither of them expected. And you could tell as such from their speeches. But it was cool to see them get acknowledgement. So everybody from Systems, uh, including John and Eric and uh, Isaac, all great people. I want to say thank you guys for making my night very, very enjoyable. To everybody over at 10th Planet Marietta, y'all run a very great tournament. It was good to see everybody in such great spirits. Good turnout. Um, of course, very proud of our, our pals Pablito and uh, all the other guys that we knew who were competing there. Sam Fagan, lots of friendly faces. Uh, Jeremy from Riverside at 10th Planet was crushing it. Gio was crushing it. Um, just so many great competitors and, and things that get us hyped for this next season, which, by the way, if you are looking to compete, we at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club are going to try to do our best to help you get ready. How do we do that? We train every morning at 8 a.m. over in West Hills. You guys can join us. It is uh, great training. We've got the guys ready for competitions. And, Kev, I can't reveal too much. But there's a little bit down the pipeline for the guys uh, that looks like um, we've got some good things coming. I, I can give you one hint. Mr. Joseph House may or may not be on an upcoming fight to win card. Can't really say any much more than that. Ooh. So there, there is a lot of uh, very, very cool thing on that side. All right. So there's that. Come join us. Train with us in the mornings. Uh, if you guys are looking for privates, Eric and Joey are doing privates, and uh, they're phenomenal. Uh, Joey and I worked wrestling today, and it was oof, oof, terrible. But uh, I also want to send a big shout-out over to 10th Planet Van Eyes. They let us come in for their wrestling class. Uh, classes taught by our good friend Elliot and a lot of good MMA fighters and, and jiu-jitsu practitioners. Like, they opened us with uh, some just... Phenomenal training. All of us left there super hype and ready for the next coming month because Nogi Worlds is coming up, but there are a lot of big competitions. If you guys are looking for some, I can recommend a couple. This weekend, Noah Tillis has a tournament out in uh, SoCal, like in the Alhambra area. Good prices. Uh, look it up. I believe it is uh, Southern California Jiu-Jitsu Championships or some stuff like that. Just look up Noah Tillis. You'll find it there. There's going to be some phenomenal super fights. I believe our man Steven Martinez is going to be part of them. But if you're a little bit more north, kind of of here, Santa Clarita-ish area, if you guys want to go and take a part in Brian Peterson, he's got some grappling tournament going on on Saturday. It's going to be no-gi, and it's modified EBI rules, Kev, which I can tell you one thing. How much do you like the back? Knives allowed? I Oh, I like the back. But what if I were to tell you, what if it's a challenge that the modified EBI overtime rules is that you only get to attack the arm... And it's one period of overtime. Are we just calling it the Wagner Roca rule? Or are we? I love that. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great rule. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's a big thing. I'm excited to see how that plays out. I will be making an appearance over at that one. I'll also be at Combat Worlds this weekend. So come say hello. I'm going to try and say what's up to Noah Tillis on his gi because it's gi and no gi for Tillis. So Santa Clarita, no gi. Tillis's gi and no gi on two separate days. The 11th, 12th Combat Jiu-Jitsu on the 12th. We've got an amazing interview with Chad George that's about to go up. Uh, and also Bree Stick also has an amazing profile. I saw her at CXF as well. Uh, look for those at gentleartmagazine.com. And last but not least, Valley Martial Arts Center. Big shout-outs to everybody there. I want to say a big, big shout-out to everybody there. If you are looking for competition in gi or in the white or blue belt divisions, you want to head on over to valleymac.com. Low cost. Go there, compete. And, uh, you know, guys, end the year on a good note. So that's what I got for you this week. And uh, I'll say one last thing. Very nice thing. Uh, Dodgers, you didn't bring me a win, but you made our city very happy. So that's all I got. Hey, that'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. You know, I really think you can flip a coin on this one. I don't really have a... I don't really have a strong opinion either way on this one. So I'm going to go with O. King Zoherg. Thank you. Thank you. His name, I've heard, is Kutalaba. Yeah, good stuff. Looks like cute labia. I'll take from the Republic of Moldova. 13-3, and big-chested, iron, cute labia cute labia it is we go to our next one now here's the thing now you've been a guest here before on the post show you weren't invited no, but Raph, you were a guest i've always anyway. been a host i've always been no 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 this is directed toward oh, matt sorry go ahead matt you were here for tim's end result so you know that there is a bet that takes place on this show so kev give some examples of some bets that you've won changing of social media statuses to glorify oh. the other uh, putting on a t-shirt and doing a promo for the other's podcast or project. Um, general, just, I still have to publish a video showing how bad I am at rolling with Joey Haas. I actually just beat the shit out of me. So I owe that. There's some examples. All right. So don't say one if you have one in mind now, Matt. But do you have a bet in mind? My mind, yeah, I think I okay. do. All right, we'll return to that in two more fights. So just keep that in the back of your mind because we always defer to the guest first. But uh, we'll come back I had to, to do a five-star review of Inside BJJ on iTunes. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to our next fight. Kevin, you're on this one. It's James Vick versus Joseph Duffy. Yeah, I have a sharpest face policy. They can't be violated. Anyone I ever dated, the sharper the face, usually the meaner they were. I've seen that corollary in fighters. James Vick, the executioner, is my choice. All right, Matt, what do you got for us? 15 seconds for you. Just because I have little to no faith in Kevin's ability to pick a fight, 
I'm going in the uh, opposite direction again because <laughs> Kevin typically is a stupid moron. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not going to go with James Vick on this one. I'm going with Duffy. The, All right. That is – you tweeted on. about this, Raph, after James Coe tweeted from the NFL Network. If you ever find yourself just going the opposite of your instincts – I think it said kill yourself. It might have said something super right, aggressive. and like he said, he's like the worst advice you could ever tell someone is do the opposite of what you're thinking. And I was like, James Co, that's what you told Kevin. To that do. is what he told me to do after he defeated me at this game when he was MMA reporter and NFL Network. James Co, now he's NFL Network. Right now he's sold. He's out betrayed completely. us completely, and he won't even. He come truly back. has coward for lots more money. We know. Yeah, fantasy um, football looks fun. Anyway, let's do this. Uh, we're getting to this last fight, but here's the thing, Kev. I actually, um, I'm getting the light, so that means I have to step out. Oh, oh, perfect. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, fuck rap. Guest host to take us home on over under Kevin as I uh, continue to stick it to the big MFR. Guest judge GSP, ladies and gentlemen, George's Saint Pierre fighting in this fight. Ole, 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 GSP, here to save the day. Hello, everybody. This is uh, GSP, uh, here for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, I got a question all loaded up for you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, go on. It's about your I don't really talk smack thing. I'm too cute to do that. Ah, yeah, 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 very much so. GSP, not not so good at uh, talking uh, trash, yes, no? You said some super mean shit to me in the past on this podcast, and I haven't forgiven you about it. We have our friend the big MFer on. Uh, Do you want to talk some smack to him about Inside BJJ, the podcast? What is that? Uh, it's a project between two assholes where, they, yeah, I mean, MF, help me fill in the details. I I don't, I don't really know something about, uh, well, I mean, GSP talking about a guy who's been abducted by aliens. So his memory is all fucked up. They took pieces of it out anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I hear someone talking, but I only, uh, feel cold air. Coming out is waste of oxygen. Yes, no. <laughs> they fire no, in the sky. What type of training are you? I mean, are you working with Rory and Rory makes McDonald's again in, in this fire? Who's your main training partner for this? Uh, yes, I go to McDonald's uh, very many times. Is good food. It is the uh, number one uh, fast food chain out here in America, I believe. Yes, no. Yeah. Was the ballet? Doing a lot of ballet team. Uh, the ballet team. That is a. Uh, 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 you know, the important thing is they call me <laughs> Twinkle Toes uh, for many reasons, but not just because I have beautiful Swan Lake uh, ability to jump in air. But Kevin Phillips, yeah, you want to? I ask you a question. You want to host this last pick? Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, host the very last pick uh, for this fight with me, GSP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to put thirty seconds on the uh, the uh, time clock here, and we will start with uh, the big MFR. I guess that is what he calls himself because uh, he thinks that's a thing. But okay, if you say so. Thirty seconds on the clock for one Maffrey Mong. Go. Uh, this fight was maybe five years ago. It'd be hands down, I think GSP would take him down. Do what he does. I don't know. A lot of questions in this. This thing is one of the most underrated champions around. It's going to come down to can GSP wrestle fuck him for five rounds or does. Michael Bisping knock him out. Um, I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna decide with. I'm gonna go with the wrestle fucker. I think that um, 
Bizzing's going to get wrestle fucked in this fight. Wow, way to come back on that one. GSP was about to wrestle fuck you, yes, no? Let's go to our uh, Kevin Phillips over on this side. Phillips, Kevin, what do you have for us? There's going to be a straight-ass domination that happens in this fight, and it's going to be another reminder to England that they're not good enough, they never were, and they're genetically inferior. I see GSP dominating, potentially with a heel hook. That's my hope. I mean, that's my hope. And I have nothing to say about wrestle fucking because I don't want to insult the many members of the Midwest that listen to this podcast and still call that, you know, Friday night. I think it's extremely important. GSP takes this one home. Belts back. Uh, To be fair, before I wrestle fuck anybody, Mm -hmm. I take them out to dinner because I am honorable. Gentlemen. Yeah. He's a very, very good guy. It's, a, it's not just a good guy for GSP. It's a very... Uh, excuse me, I, I did not clear this with my press agent for you to be here. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I just want to say a few things, George. Michael Bisping interrupts to, uh, I presume, get upset that neither of us picked him. Yeah, I, I guess what I was just saying is uh, one of the best of all time. I beat Anderson Silva. Uh, Quote-unquote, you uh, beat him. Yes, no? I mean, uh, we all saw that fight. You got knocked out, but still won. <laughs> Very nice for uh, Michael Bisping. <laughs> The thing is, he can count how many times he got knocked out in that fight. <laughs> GSP roasts. I kid. But uh, anyway, uh, you go back into Vox, Bisping. No more for you. I have, I have muted his mic. Anyway, Phillips, yeah. Kevin, GSP. any final question for me? Yeah, I took care of him. You're training a lot with Danaher. Are we going to see? Yes, yes gonna... uh, I did. Inside uh, heel hook? Uh, uh, uh you know, I am not impressed with the caliber of John Danaher's uh, heel hook, if I am being honest. Fascinating. Okay. Well, yes. strange you know, jiu-jitsu I've noticed, GSP, I've noticed that you've been with Gordon Ryan a lot, and um, I noticed there's, like, this really beautiful girl that's always with Gordon and yourself. Um, what's going on with that? You know, the important thing about GSP is, oh, look, GSP is all out of time now. Oh, that's uh, uh, contractually. I wish I could answer that question for you. He's got to go. But uh, er, I have to get out of here, but I will tell you one thing. Go to dinner with her and have someone take a picture. <laughs> you will not regret it. Okay, GSP is out, everybody. GSP. Ole, 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 ole. Huh. GSP maybe still has it or not. We Always. will see. On November 4th, oh. order on pay-per-view. Always a pleasure to have <laughs> the champ on board. Sorry. I know. Thank you for rejoining us, Raph. I believe we're to the tiebreaker choices. We are to the tiebreaker choices. So let's go ahead and get down to the business of fight of the night and performances of the night. Kev, what do you got for us? So there's going to be two performances of the night. And this is super clear. This is uh, obviously one's going to the JJ. On the Jedrazek, Joanna. The next one, pretty clearly, going to go to Hendrix Nutritionist if he makes weight. Kidding. Bora Chinha. And then Fight of the Night ultimately is destined to be Garbrandt Dillashaw. Yeah. God damn you, you piece of shit. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Someone sounds like they're sad. What is your pick, there, man? I love you, you too. See, this is the, this is where the conspiracy is. You you knew what my fight of the night and what my performance of the night pick was going to be, so you gave him the first choice. 
so that my my picks would be altered. Um, so let's say performance of the night is going to go to GSP. Fight of the night is going to go to Thug Rose and Joanna. Okay, I need one more performance of the night, though. One more performance of the night. Um, I'm going to go with... Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um one more person. I'm gonna go with um fuck man. I'm stuck here. This isn't the SATs. This shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> I'm gonna go performance of the night. I'm gonna go with um Cody. Cody. Okay. There we go. All right. Now here's the thing. We mentioned before there was going to be some kind of bet. Matt, we are ready to hear what you had in mind. You said you had something in mind. Lay it on us. What is the bet against Kevin? So if I win, Kevin has to make a quick little uh, you know, iPhone video saying that he is a devout little MFer and he's a member of the Big MF fan club. Okay. Sold. Uh, if I win... So, how do you guys do the podcast? On Inside um, uh, we re- we uh, record them every Sunday. Awesome. If I win next Sunday, and I've been trying to get this one, um, <laughs> just for the show, all you have to do is uh, go to the store, pick up some basic lipstick and nail polish. <laughs> Try them on and say sponsored by Verbal Tap and just do two ads in the next show. One works uh, where you explain the makeup you're wearing and that Verbal Tap is responsible. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> we have an accord. Because, wow. because there's no way there's no way a jabroni like yourself is going to pick more fights right than me. <laughs> awesome. I just want to point out, though, that when Kevin asked a very simple question of how do you guys record the show? <laughs> and it was like, ah, you know, um, geez, uh, we get, uh, like emotionally. No, dude, just how do we record the show? Like, how do you guys, do you get together in the same well, there's room? There's a button, there's a button that says record. Right. Uh, do you mean like compressions? Then... I don't understand. Uh, you know, poor Tim Freeman. He doesn't have a lot going a, for him. Yeah, but I'm feeling his pain. Uh, we put a, a Maxwell tape in a in a device and hit yep. record. Basically, well, absolutely. <laughs> you guys get your beautiful mixtape that you do together. Um, well, let's say this: you did mention that you guys are coming up on, I believe, three hundred episodes. Congratulations on that! Yeah, Damn. we're coming up on that pretty incredible. When is your three hundredth episode, though? I need impressive. to know this information. We don't have a date yet, but I'll get it to you. Okay, we might even have you guys on. Oh, okay. It'd be that's so fine. nice to bless us with your presence on our 300th episode. We well, we'll be talking about it because that. that's an accomplishment. So either way, here's the like other thing that note. is important for us to know because we need to coordinate these dates. We're coming up on five years, so like we're we're about the same in terms of like, uh oh, we might be celebrating the same kind of week. Well, that's too much uh, podcasting celebration for the world to handle. I know, dude. I, I, it will actually, and I, I say this because we normally hate each other a lot, but it will break every other MMA and jiu-jitsu podcast 
in half. Like it'll break their spirits because they're just never going to amass what we've done. No, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to go against what I would normally say. You guys have, especially you, Ralph. You're all over the place, Kevin. You're kind of, you, you kind of don't contribute much. You kind of show up and try to be funny. That's the Ralph second nicest thing you've ever said. At every fucking <laughs> event, he's interviewing motherfuckers. He's all over the place. He does a lot of jujitsu. Kevin, you pretty much don't do anything. Ah, one of us has to sleep while the other one's <laughs> running around. Yeah, no shit. Kevin sleeps for the both of us. He just plugs in and is like, I'll absorb Raph's sleep for him. Uh, well, it's very nice of you to say, Matt. Obviously, uh, our I believe this is where our truce document ends uh, that the lawyers drug up. But I would like to say uh, it is a blast having you on. We look forward to having you back on next week to talk the fights, sir. Yeah, for sure. Real quick, I just uh, want to plug something that just happened. Uh, David Mitchell was signed for US for um, SUG six, and he's going to be going against on the main card against uh, UFC fighter Anthony Smith. So that should be a good one to check out. That's fantastic. He'll, I, you know, he he was saying in a post that uh, he's always asking for those big fights. I think that is a great matchup for him, and I think he he's bowed to do very well in that one. Yeah, we hope so. You know gonna give it hell it's no home the crazy train for nothing so absolutely and we look forward to seeing and hearing about your event so you got that happening uh the big wrestling event out y'all's way make sure to get on that where can people find out that information again matt go uh get on facebook go to twf um which stands for total wrestling federation and you can buy tickets right there Awesome. We want to hear all about that when you come back next week. We're going to review what happened at UFC 217, and we may get another appearance from GSP. I was told by his people before he left here today, so we're going to have word on that. But we look forward to having you back here. Uh, Matt, we uh, can't thank you enough for coming down, dude. Uh, it's always fun talking with you. And uh, like I said, guys, go support Indie Pro Wrestling. Go support them out that way, and then we'll talk shit about him next week. Sound good? Sounds great. Thanks, guys. No problem.